0: everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Aliza, and I am here with the one and only Rachel True. This is a dream come true. I'm sure you get so <laughs> many true puns that like that was just I was so fucking over it. But hey, for me, it was true. And you are an actor. You are an author. You are a tarot creator. You are a fellow Capricorn rising, which is just like so
1: comforting and soothing to me. (laughs) Which (laughs) means I think we're sisters in practicality. Yes, absolutely,
0: (laughs) (laughs) sisters in via and sisters on chip on the shoulder. Um, One of my favorite things that I always tell other Capricorn risings is that okay, if you just if you accept that you always have a chip on your shoulder and that nothing is ever good enough and that nothing goes according to plan (laughs) and you have to work harder than everyone and you. Don't see the rewards everyone else does. Then how do you assess a situation? You know. <laughs>
1: yes, but let me let me just throw in that I think I'm going to hazard to say that as we grow and get older, or mature, or whatever or it doesn't matter, age, just maturity. I have seen that shift a bit in myself. By the way, like I don't think it stays. Maybe it does, depending on your chart. You you could tell somebody, but well, no, you are right. You are right. It does. And
0: Capricorn is one of the signs that age backwards. So it does get easier and easier (laughs) as you get older. Um,
1: Yeah, I think you're just sort of, I was just having a conversation with somebody about how it's sort of the four agreements. We weren't talking about that, but like not taking things personally. Totally. Such a huge weight off anyone's shoulders. Uh, Read the four agreements because they're good. They're all four of them make sense. But that when not taking things personally, I think it's so important for a Capricorn because well, you only get your feathers ruffled. you're like, it's not good enough. And then you take it personally that it wasn't done good enough. And if you take that out of it and just go, well, it's not good enough. How can I fix it? The other side of Capricorn, the practical side. Totally.
0: Totally. Absolutely. And you You also are a Capricorn moon. So you're double Capricorn.
1: (laughs) Which I didn't know till about last year because I was like, oh, I must have something exotic as my moon and I'm like no really <laughs> well you do <laughs> I, I mean your
0: moon is in the 12th house which what does that mean oh let's just get right into it so no, wait. I, you uh, know, also
1: I want to say thank you so much for having me on by the way I, I am learned in tarot and other esoteric arts and you gave me a lovely intro I would just call myself an artist basically right but I don't, I'm learning about astrology and all that. I don't know as much as some people. So I know more than some people, but not as much as others. So I'm delighted to hear and learn from you today. Cool. Well, I, I'm i really glad
0: that you're here. And you're also, we should just finish up our big three and mention that you are a Scorpio sun. So for any listeners <laughs> out there, if you are big three twins with Rachel, it would have to be Scorpio sun, Cap moon, and Cap rising. And then I think I'm a Scorpio Venus. You also have, yeah, you have quite, a, you have a little Scorpio stellium, um, which is three or more planets in the same sign or house. I think I, I think I knew that. Yes, (laughs) yeah. So, but you know, I was actually just looking at. Irina, some, I don't know her last name, but Irina, the model who is now dating Kanye's chart, and she has oh. Capricorn. And I <laughs> know so, very, very thrilling. She has Capricorn <laughs> and Scorpio. And I was sort of musing to myself about how, what a wonderful pair Capricorn and Scorpio are together. Um, really? yes, they, they form what is called a sextile is the aspect. Um, and sextiles are my favorite aspect because it's really like, It's like someone coming up to you and whispering a piece of important information into your ear. And then you're like, oh, got it. Like, I wouldn't have been able to surmise that on my own. But that important little piece of information that you provided, you being either the Scorpio to the Capricorn or the Capricorn to the Scorpio, like helps and clarifies it. Ah, thank you. Thank you. So that's like how a sextile functions. And I think Scorpio and Capricorn have like a really special bond because they both respect each other very much. So you have that playing out in your own chart, um, you know, between your rising and your sun, your moon as well, even though your moon is at a little bit of a lower degree, but even still having those Capricorn Scorpio elements, there's, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean that your life is going to be easy, but at least there's a nice flow (laughs) between those two placements.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. I feel like uh, again, not knowing much about astrology listeners uh or enough, when I look at my chart, I'm like, I need some air. I don't have much air in there, do I? let me see not a, not enough. oh my God, you have no fucking air in your chart at all. <laughs> don't I, wait, do I have Libra
0: somewhere? well do you I have, have you do have every uh zodiac sign in your chart, but you don't have any placements or planets right in. An air sign—that's
1: that's 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 a little fucked up, people. I'm (laughs) I'm not going
0: to (laughs) lie. So you know what that means? You have to you have to find so air in your chart falls in your first house. It falls in your fifth house of creativity. It falls in your ninth, eighth, and ninth houses. So this means that it's important for you to hang out with airy people. You know they're going to balance you out. You want to get some air in your life, so you're going to want to you know find yourself connected to air people and then you're also going to do want to do airy things like things like podcasts are very very airy so this helps to sort of bring that energy into your
1: life if you don't have that embedded into your chart you know, in the it, placement. it makes sense because I think I'm a I think I'm a clever person and I very much like using my brain you know so I don't think I'm air deficient but at the same time when I looked at it I was like I ain't got no air I was raised by two Gemini's Oh, so you no? you had enough. You had enough. I had enough air. Yeah. And I love I always I seem to date air men. And uh, that always doesn't, you know, not so much. <laughs> but, but I'm drawn to that, that I think different kind of less um, emotional energy. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, air is exactly <laughs> air is so neutral. Air is air
0: activates.
1: Yeah. yeah, It's less excitable in a way, but when it's excited, it's awful, but it's less excited. I like it. Um, So it's something I'm working towards, but that's something you could probably tell me about my chart. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, there's also like the progress
0: chart, which is your chart as it has changed over time because using the technique of progressions, you're not the same person you were when you were born.
1: For sure. And I had a question about that because, again, I'm learning Um, with the progress chart. Does that mean, for instance, when I look at my horoscope, even though I have so much Capricorn in my chart, it doesn't always resonate as much as Scorpio does, to be honest. But now that I'm looking at my progress chart, should I be looking at, say, Capricorn and Aquarius or the signs further along? You tell me, absolutely no, naive No, woman. no, I would say
0: that. <laughs> She's like, no, Rachel, no. <laughs> no. I mean, it's a good question. And oftentimes people ask the less advanced version of that question is, should I be reading for my rising sign instead of my sun sign in horoscopes? But at least when I write horoscopes, I write them from a solar vantage. I really gotcha. write them from the perspective of the sun and like how the sun wants to shine, which is going to always be sort of structured around like, well, what is your solar energy look like? And for you, that's in square. Scorpio. So what does your solar energy want to do? Uh,
1: but it gets rising and sun signs too, because I'm a very extroverted introvert, right? So the Capricorn, I think, is the more extroverted. I can be uh, do stuff and or out in the world. And Scorpio's side, I think, is the introverted. I just have to stare at a wall after I exert a lot of energy to recoup. So, well, interestingly, your Scorpio is
0: in your eleventh house, which even though you don't have any placements in air, the eleventh house is one of the air houses. It's a social house. And it's all about community (laughs) and it's about technology and it's about media and it's about expanding your horizon. So even though you have a scorpionic approach to that, the themes where you're going to see your sun sign play out is in air sign ways. So
1: Ah, it it actually
0: still is going to be operating in some way, shape or form, kind of like an Aquarius. Oh, gotcha,
1: gotcha. But I wouldn't check those. I just kind of Keep checking on Scorpio.
0: Yes, especially because horoscopes are invitations. They are certainly not to be taken literally. There's absolutely no possible way that 12 no, different I, horoscopes <laughs> could apply to everybody. You know what I to mean? Tw- to,
1: to, to, I do, and I always say that same thing about um, uh, general tarot readings, too. I mean, it, listen, people, it's a, people, their collective consciousness is a real thing. Yes. You can pick up on the energy. But... Everybody is an individual with free will or fate <laughs> chomping at their back. I don't know, but uh, not it's not going to be applicable. So I always say with tarot readings on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, like just know that you're almost choosing it like a TV show in a sense, which is a little different than an astrology reading, which I think digs in a little more, frankly. But a tarot reading on social media, you can take it, but you've also got to know that you're choosing to watch the one that says you're going to get the person, or you're choosing to watch the one that says you're free, or you're choosing. And then you got to see what resonates and I'm not saying you can't get a real reading off it, but this is why I wrote my book and, and kept it reasonably priced so that people could learn to do it themselves. Um, to be honest, you know, I love empowering people and I love that you're doing a podcast like this too, so that people can kind of learn some of this themselves. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, It's empowering. I think to know how this stuff is not out of reach for everybody, but it does take like to get to your point, it takes a lot of hours. Yes. You know, it takes hours of study. Yes.
0: And I think that to your point, it's also, you know, on one hand, these tools are extraordinarily empowering. But then on the flip side, they can also be tools for manipulation, right? You have to be really oh, careful.
1: Please.
0: The <laughs> reason to learn is not because it's you know, good for your health. It's because it's good for your mental health, and it's you need to sure. also know how to. If you're going to work with tarot or astrology or anything metaphysical, it's important for you to not become too dependent on a person, um, a an interpretation, something that you don't understand, because then it become it go- it falls into that really toxic sort of like fortune telling like oh my god do i make a decision based on this well it
1: does it also leaves the door open and this is not a lot of people but this is some people and i feel remiss not to mention it but there are charlatans in every field every field todos, every field whether it's a teacher a dentist whatever so it's uh, not specific to this field but there are when i when i see some of this stuff on youtube i'm like that's a vegas card shark Mm -hmm. who got a deck and that's okay, man. But what I'm saying is it's so much more empowering to learn it yourself or with astrology, which is a lot tougher to figure out who you resonate with and who's not trying to grift you. Totally. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't want to waste too much time on that, but I just, it was really in me when I worked on the book to go, no, no, man, this is, it's not easy, but it's easier than you think because it's all about you. Everybody loves to talk all about them or we all think about ourselves all the time. So here's a way to take that energy, which could become toxic and narcissistic or self-centered, but to take it for our own betterment Mm -hmm. and use it to get in touch with our higher selves and figure out what we're really trying to do and so that we can get out of our own way. Mm -hmm. I think myself, like a lot of people, I had to learn to get out of my own way and stop putting up roadblocks and making them, uh, you know, so... Tarot and especially astrology. I love like one thing I love astrology for people is um uh, certain days. Now it's tougher when you're doing a general horoscope, right? But they'll give you good and bad days for the month. I think it's it's always not not a bad idea to just clock them. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't mean I'm looking for trouble on the bad days, but I tend to lay 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 a little lower or not answer every phone call that day. That's mm-hmm. just how I do it, depending on if it has resonated with me and if it doesn't. That's fine too. Ignore it. But um, I like a horary chart. Yeah, horary chart. Horary. I can't say the word, but horary. Horary, horary chart. Horary. I can't say, say like an old Jewish man. Horary. horary. Chat. Yeah, you could only say it like an old Jewish man. Horary. <laughs> but um, I think those are interesting too. If you have a good astrologer, same as a tarot reading that is specific to you. But same as with tarot reading, the energy can be ethereal and it can can get The energy is, it comes and goes and we're always becoming something else. You can do a reading. Uh, and if it's maybe not the most optimistic, just know that that's just the reading in that moment. Or if you get a really horoscope, that's like your day is shit. It's just that moment. It's not your life (laughs) photos. So how did you
0: get started on your tarot journey and how did the book and the deck come to be?
1: Uh, well, I kind of write about this in the book, but um, I lived in New York City as a kid. And so uh, I was in foster care from like zero to four. And then when I went to live with my dad at four, he had a big bookcase that I called the library. Um, and in it, the books I would pull down were Nietzsche's um, Beyond Good and Evil and Carl Young's Man and His Symbols. And I could read. I, I, my stepmother taught us to read really young. So four or five. I could read, but obviously I wasn't really reading these books, right? I was picking out some words and looking at the imagery. So cut to around eight years old, one of my parents' friends had a tarot deck with them. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is like that. This is like the same thing. This is like those pictures were talking, these pictures are reminding me of that. Mm. It all seemed connected. And I put it together that it was a language basically and an energetic language or whatever pictorial keys, but an energetic language that I could learn. So I studied, um, you know, on my own as a t- kid and a teenager, always had decks. And then when I was in college, I started to get books. Like I just did an event with Mary Kay Greer, who I adore because those are some of the books. Like I didn't have the, the internet was around then, but it wasn't like now, it was a library. So I had to go to the books and, and the actual library, Mary Kay Greer's workbooks and books I love because her Jungian tarot approach really resonated with me. I just feel like, Little baby witchlings, newly minted baby witchlings out there, hello! But also, you got to learn to walk before you ride your broomstick. So, part of that is doing the work. And just because we're in a modern world where you could just look it up or or, or read something and that's it, and you know it all, I'm like, no, 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 no. I really believe in the Malcolm Gladwell aspect. If if you put in ten thousand hours to something, so I think I th- I thought I'll write this book uh, because I want. People to learn this. It's not some weird thing over there that was maligned in the Satanic Panic '80s and uh, not so popular in the '90s. It is a tool because the if you really understand yourself and are connected to your higher self, solar spirit, then it opens up your intuition and your psychic abilities and all the things all the baby witches and all the witches want. But they don't. Nobody wants to start at the beginning. Sometimes, so you know, maybe that's an old school Gen X approach, but. I felt like in today's world, it was important because there's like a new thing where people research. It's a, it's a study they've done. They've shown that people will Google something. And even if they don't get the answer, they're looking for the right answer. They think they are knowledgeable in that subject. So that's a frightening study. (laughs) No, it's a true thing. And there's also an effect called, I believe it's called, I'm writing about this from an book, the Dunning-Kruger effect, where. You know, again, people learn a teeny bit about astrology, and now they have an Instagram or a TikTok or a YouTube channel with a hundred thousand or more followers And And so you believe in the hype of yourself. Now I love tarot because it strips away all your bullshit. And that's coming from me, an actor in Hollywood. So I had to be able to have that duality of who am I really? And then who is my who is my outward persona. And tarot is really great at that. And if you know who you are really then you can be the psychic witch you want to be. And to that end, by the way, I don't, I don't like labels, which is different than this new generations. So I get everybody's like, I am this and loves a label. It's just a little different for us Gen Xers because we were breaking free of our parents' boomers labels. So I respect the labels of today. I'm saying for me personally, I'm not a label freak. So I never loved to say witch because I was like, well, I'm not part of a coven. I'm not part of this. I'm not. But do I have 6 million witchy habits? Yes. <laughs> right. Like you could look at the math
0: and see what it adds up to, but we don't necessarily need to call it that.
1: But also and by today's standards, it's like, you have to meet all these different things. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know about all that. I just know that I, I am. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I,
0: I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely of the older demographic for TikTok and I have found it to be a really interesting and, terrifying little environment I posted something you know that I thought I was being so cheeky and I thought that I was being so relevant in doing this little video about like not manifesting during eclipse season and the responses that I got the duets that I got were so hostile accusing me saying I was fear-mongering like I'm doing it for clout, and I was like wait art first of all like isn't anyone who's using TikTok doing it for clout in one way or another? You know, like, second of all, like, this is my practice. Like, I thought that you're supposed to come on and say what you do. If, am I doing this wrong? And then I've talked to some younger kids about it. And they were like, no, no, no. It's because people do say really crazy, terrifying, shocking, horrific things to try to get attention. And people are wary of that. And it's like, okay, that's bad. People shouldn't do that. But like, this isn't that. But I think that it's just getting everything all distorted.
1: I think we're in an interesting place with all that. We'll see where it ends up because I hear you and I agree. Like I have had a few people hit me up and say, well, your interpretations are wrong. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't answer them. But my feeling with that is, hey, people, man, 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 people, ladies, they, them, everybody, totos. There's many interpretations, period. There are many interpretations and um, you should take what resonates and that's that you don't need to, you can talk about it amongst your friends, but the need to contact me, the author and tell me I am wrong. That speaks of another um, psychological thing on their part of needing to feel powerful. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so that's not for me to worry about. That's someone else's baggage. I got my own over here to look at, but I don't worry about that. But I think, Oh, we're in the, it's a little narrow minded then. If you think it's wrong or right, there's no in between. Life is very
0: gray. But I think that it's interesting to think about this like Google effect that you're talking about and that on a generational level, you know, because I also grew up where you would have to go to a bookstore or a library in order to learn about a topic. Yeah. I mean, I was born in the 80s. So like I was still, you know, in my childhood and even into my middle school and You know, I think Google became a thing maybe when I was in high school. Well, the the
1: nineties, the internet was there, but it was more a static thing. Yeah, I was on Alta Vista. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was a
0: different time. It was, you know, I was going into my beanie baby chat rooms and cybering with people when I was nine. That was cool, but like (laughs) it was definitely I nobody was using the internet to become an expert. We are
1: in an era of everyone is an expert. And so that's why I do lean a little into like, listen, I've been doing this for decades and decades and decades and decades. And decades. So I felt comfortable enough to write a book at this point, knowing that I am always going to be a student of tarot, period, end of story. That's the truth. Like, it, and, you know, people will ask, what's your favorite card? And I'm like, I, it's always evolving, right? Depending on where I'm at in my life and things like that. And so I guess I wish people coming up now would just realize like it's a never ending process and we are, we are always going, growing and becoming something else. So the second you think you got it all in the bag and you know everything about the arrow, you don't. <laughs> or everything about astrology, yeah, probably the, probably I don't. mean, the whole point is the fact that
0: you're never going to know everything about it.
1: I, th- I think so um, for, for me, but again, I understand that if there's so much information at your fingertips and you see it and you're like, I know it, I got it. I think those people though will find you hit a plateau, just like we all did in our own practices and, and lives and love lives and whatever it is, right? You hit a plateau and then you realize, oh, now's when I probably go back and refresh and really dig in and look. And um, I think that's important to do. Even when I was working on the book, I was well aware. There were so many interpretations, and that's why I call them interpretations, people, not definitions, because this is my interpretation. And some of them are a little more traditional, actually, and really old school. Like, my four of, um, you know, the four of pentacles on YouTube has become, they're holding on to you. And I'm like, is it? I don't know. Or the prince of swords, page of swords, princess of swords has become, they're spying on you card. Now, I could see maybe, but I also, personally, I think the four of cups where someone's offering you a cup that you're not necessarily into or vice versa, that would seem to indicate someone's looking at you that you're not paying attention to. I'm not disagreeing with the the Page of Swords. I'm saying these modern interpretations of the cards are fine. We're layering them in, but we're losing some of the old interpretations. Whereas, like I said, the Four of Pentacles is about holding on to things, right? The person is holding on to the coins and they're a bit miserly, but It doesn't imply necessarily they're holding on to you like that. It's almost to me that card reads as they're holding on to themselves and their stuff. That's how I see it. It's an insular card when you look at all the fours, the four of swords, right? Four, that's the person alone. They're alone cards, four of cups, alone with someone looking at them. Um, Even four of wands. These are cards So to say that's someone who can't stop thinking about you with the, with the four of pentacles. I'm like, I don't know. It would depend on the other cards around it. Totally. The other cards would dictate what that card means. And a lot of the readers aren't doing uh, necessarily spreads, which I'm fine. I pull just card after card too, but I love a spread for you newbies. I really do because if the deck, which is not magical, any deck you pick up is just cardboard people. It is, how the images viscerally hit you and what that spurs in you, that's the magic, first of all, right? Like not the actual deck. It is the beauty of art and the imagery and what that unlocks in us. So I just kind of think you can learn off the web, but I'm very into getting a book. And different schools of thought, you have Rachel Pollock and her books, right? Some of those are a little dense and headier. You have so many great, there's Starhawk and the Spiral Dance from the 80s, which is another great book. There's so many old and new books and so many beautiful new decks out there that there's room for all of them. That's what I keep saying to people. It's not, there's no, this isn't a Highlander approach where Rachel True is a deck out. So No, there are room for many decks. My deck is meant to feel like a comfortable hug or a blanket. You know, other decks that I use are tougher. Sometimes I'm like, give it to me. How do you say this, Thoth or Thoth? I always say it wrong, but I'm like, bitch, give me, give me tough and I'll pull that deck out. You know, so I use decks for different moods. Yeah, that deck is thought the thought deck is Brutal. <laughs> <It's> brutal. <laughs> so but sometimes I want it brutal. For instance, seven of Seven of Pentacles and Thoth. It literally says failure down at the bottom, right? now in my deck and other decks and i kind of was inspired by mother pieces version so much it's such a me too it's such a beautiful gentle deck and they go with an older traditional more traditional thing which is going into yourself and taking care of your stuff at home your own stuff we forget pentacles are tangible right earth's energy practicality capricorn things you got to deal with right and i think Mother Peace actually is someone kneading and baking some bread in a little enclosed thing. That's their version of Four of Pentacles. Um, I think you got to synthesize all these different meanings. That's when we know tarot better. Is when we have we ping at all the different things and the one that is the truthful resonation of that card. The other thing I do in my book is um, I don't do. I just never liked reversals. When I was a kid, my I, I didn't like it. I'm very. I think I'm not even kidding about this. Like I'm. A, I, not autistic, but the way my brain works is very weird. So I like to, for math, I had to learn by pictures. It was very hard for me with numbers.
0: Well, I would also wonder because I take things, I don't like reversals either. And I take things very literally, which I found out is not how everybody else feels. Well,
1: reversal feels negative. Oh, reversal felt a little negative, but also as a kid, I was like, it's upside down. I can't fucking see the imagery. What's happening? So, what I learned to do as, as a kid le- learn. And I lean, wrote about it in my book, um, higher low vibe, keep them all upright. And then you got to, you got to really use your intuition because if you get, let's say I'm looking for love <laughs> in all the right places, maybe this time. Um, and it, let's say I get the, the, the empress, but I have no love going on. And it's the day where I'm like, I don't have any love. And I get the empress. Well, obviously it's not reversed and there's no love. It's just, that's either neutral or low vibe, meaning there's that possibility, but you don't have it right now. It's not realized, but it gives me the hope that there's the possibility for it, right? Or if it's in low vibe, I got to go, well, am I driving it away with negative thoughts? Am I sitting here going, I'm never going to find it. I'm never mm-hmm. going, am I leaning into the low vibe energy the of the, of the, of the of the empress? Am I leaning too heavily into, I can't create, I can't manifest, I can't negative uh, anxiety thoughts? Because that's the low vibe. It's really not that hard. People get so confused by reversals. I'm like, people, it's really just that upright energy blocked. You know, it can feel blocked. And the same thing with court cards. People get so confused. Mary Kay Greer breaks down court cards so well. She has a book out, a reissue of one of her books called Archetypal Tarot, if you want to dig into court cards too. But they're sides of people, they are sides of yourself. Mostly. And then there also can be other people. Absolutely. Right. But does a court card always mean there's a third party interloper in your relationship? No, not always. Just like on, if you learn tarot off YouTube, you think any three card means they're cheating on you. That is not always the case. It's just not, but it makes for a good YouTube video that you keep listening to and you want to donate money to them so you can that's what I'm saying. You gotta to learn to use your intuition to discern. I think that you hit
0: the nail on the head, which is that it's you're gonna get a lot more views, bites, likes, whatever, if you say something controversial, which That's right. I get fine, but it also makes it kind of it, it does do damage to metaphysical practice because it puts metaphysics on that moral binary of good and bad. And the whole beauty of it is that it's neutral. You know, the whole beauty is that it's interpretive.
1: Yes, absolutely. it is interpretive. You're going to see something that I don't. It is interpretive. And and then I find that um, everybody's a critic these days, too. Like there's a whole subculture of reaction videos. Right. So then there's right, a reaction right, right. video. To you putting up your video or a reaction video to a reading I did for a celebrity. And I'm like, this is where I struggle because part of me is like, get off my lawn. I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> that's the tough Capricorn side, right? And then there's another side that's like, do whatever you want, kids, adults, kids, doesn't matter. But I would think it would feel more great to create something yourself, than to simply critique someone else's work. And I'm not talking about people who are critics. There are people who are critics. But if that's what you do and you're only critiquing other people's work, I would again invite you to go, that's great. Um, Now I invite you to create. Something of your own and have a bunch of strangers critique it. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> There's the Scorpio. <laughs> There's know, the Scorpio. I, that popped out. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't I try to lean into like more neutral, but it's hard because um, you know, Scorpios for the most part kind of you know, those barbs, they come out like so quickly, you know? They come so quick and fast for a Scorpio that I try to slow my brain
0: down. I, I'm obsessed with nature documentaries. I watch them fanatically um and i was re-watching night on earth which is on netflix mm-hmm. highly recommend and i rewatch i was re-watching it last night and i re-watched the scene where this there's like the scorpio mating dance and i had this whole <laughs> breakthrough about the zodiac sign through the way that those scorpio scorpions
1: what okay wait what sign it been meant for me because i can't seem to <laughs> oh well who will your mating dance be with let's look Yeah, due to, I'm, I'm interested in this only because some people, and I'm going to say this because one of my younger friends said, I heard, I remembered this and it helped me when I was younger. She was in her early thirties and she wanted early mid thirties and wanted kids. And I was like, you know what? And I was way older than her, 10 or 15. And I was like, you should have them. You should do it. You have to make it a priority or it's not going to happen. You know, and I feel like with love, I needed someone to have said that to me younger, but they didn't, which Mm -hmm. is you need to make it a priority. Or it may not happen. And it doesn't mean I've had plenty of great love and lovers in my life. Trust me. But I've always been kind of focused on myself and career and things like that. So I'm like, oh, shit, how do I incorporate this in before I shuffle off? So a few different things. So um, upcoming. So you have
0: your Saturn in... Pisces at twenty three degrees of Pisces. That sounds
1: watery, watery for Saturn. It's very
0: watery. I mean, you have a very beautiful psychic, intuitive chart. You do. That's. I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. I am very intuitive. But that that makes relationships hard, right? Because yeah, because you can anticipate a lot of things that maybe the other person hasn't even reconciled yet or they don't even know they're feeling, you might be able to sort of pull out those feelings for them. And then either you're then holding them and taking responsibility, or they're like, I don't want to have that feeling. So I'm going to make you the problem instead of the solution. I
1: do think being for all intuitive people, not just my chart, it's a little tricky because you will, uh, I used to be the person who would ask the one question, which went to the killed the person, a stranger or not. And I didn't even know you know, right. But it's, I was picking up on something that made them uncomfortable. Right. And that
0: they didn't even know made them uncomfortable. So they didn't even have the language to communicate. Like, Hey, when you said that it triggered me because the, you're operating on like a psychic, you know, uh, nonverbal level and they're not ready to receive it.
1: Okay. But, uh, uh, Ali, Aliza, here's where I, again, I struggle with this, but I'm trying to stay awkward. People will say you triggered me. And again, my generation is like, you are triggered. Mm-hmm. You have again. If I did something mean and untoward, I must apologize. I'm a Scorpio that way. But if you, if I say something innocent and you are triggered, who's who's the onus on there? Like right? I remember saying to a friend of mine who struggles with anxiety, and she had run into someone who they said something, and it really hurt my. And I said, right, but they're never going to change. They're not going to change. The yes. only thing we can change are our own triggers. Yes. I think that a
0: healthy relationship is going to have a reciprocity flow of that in a really healthy way. That's true. You're right. In a healthy friendship, I mean, this actually this this conversation just happened with my partner, um, where he said something. I mean, it's really ridiculous. I, I he'll I don't know how he feel he'll feel about me broadcasting it, but we were talking you about. You can always this.
1: cut it out. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going
0: to. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about you know. The United States being what it is. And he was like, sometimes I feel like I just want to, you know, leave and go off to northern Canada and just and I immediately because I had a roommate when I lived in L.A. who actually went to the woods to die And left me with all of the bill and the rent. And it was a disaster. It It was a horribly insensitive thing to do to a 24 year old girl. Um, so I when he said that I was got so upset and I was like so oh so you're just gonna leave you're just gonna go and blow it all up
1: but you probably didn't even know why in the very first no I didn't I was just like abandonment issues right
0: abandonment issues immediately come through and then he was like you didn't even let me finish what I was saying he was like I'm being dramatic and I was like but you should know better than to say something that would imply that you're gonna leave me when I have abandonment issues and like this scenario has already happened in my life and we you know That and he was like, okay, but you're really reactive right now, and I was like, but I'm reactive because you made me reactive.
1: But see, that's where I, as a Gen Xer, I'm like, oh, did I or were you? I know, I know, it's a fine line because, but to me, the the most enlightened way, which I couldn't have done in the moment either, I'm Scorpio, would have been to say, I am triggered, not you made me. It's a syntax thing. Totally. I what you? I am being triggered, Maya. I am me. I my abandonment issues. Totally. not you're making me. But again, I'm, I'm working with that. People are listening and judging me. Listen, I'm just saying I am a black woman of a certain age who had to be tough as fuck to get to where I'm, I am. Do you know what I'm saying? Still be standing. So I have a practicality in me where it's like, I can't fucking change them. Totally. So, but I hear you. I have a, I was in foster care, abandonment issues. Right. So I get triggered. Totally. And And in my last great relationship or not great, but the last thing I had, I saw it flare up. We weren't able to kind of, but I, but to round it back to what you said, I thought, you know what though? Once I got over that thing, I thought the right partner will go, babe, babe, you're being triggered. I see that this is not about what we're talking about. So what's going on with you? Totally. Someday I dream of a man who says that to me and I'll, But I'll do the same for him. Yeah. And I
0: would say that, you know, the way we were able to recover from that was more or less like, you know, I had to take responsibility for the fact that I, you know, what he said specifically hurt me, but it was also, it's also okay for me to react based on who I am and where I've come from and how much I used to just store things inside and not say anything. Me actually communicating in real time, ouch, you know? is fine.
1: No, For sure. I think I'm, listen, I'm reacting tough because I've noticed on Instagram, there's a lot of accounts with people calling other like faux uh, pop psychology, right? Which we all do a little bit. It's part of the job, the gig. But I think when you're out there calling people narcissists or you've read one book on attachment theory and you now think you're an (laughs) expert, it's fucking dangerous as fuck. And I like all those books, man. You should read the books on attachment theory, but then to go on and, propel yourself as an expert on that, I think is incorrect online, you know, because a lot of them take away the onus. You just said, what you said is true. It's okay for you to have that reaction. You also need to own it and figure out where, how, why, because it's not entirely fair for your partner. But then again, your partner needs to be sensitive to your needs. One of the best things I like about the uh, Science of Attachment book, and I'm forgetting the authors, but it's the one with the red stripe on the cover, is they give you exercises. Let's say you're insecure and your partner is secure or aloof. You say, babe, or whatever you call them, I'm, I, I know it's going to seem weird to you, but would you mind sending me a text like maybe three times a day? Three t- If I hear from you three times a day, all of a sudden I feel really secure and, um, and I, and, and I need that. Would you be able to do that? And if they're like, oh, that's weird, but okay, then fine. But if they're like, fuck you, what the fuck you needy bitch. That's a sign. You're not compatible. It's not yes. a sign. They're narcissist. Yes. It's not actually a sign. They're a narcissist, by the way. They may be an asshole. But doesn't make him a narcissist, technically. It just means you're not a couple then, even if you're like me, where you're like, but I love them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I say this to people all the time when it comes to, for instance, sex, you know, like you can, someone who wants to have sex and then never talk to you again doesn't make them a bad person doesn't make them
1: a narcissist. It doesn't. Yeah. The
0: problem is that that wasn't communicated, that you didn't communicate where you, you want to have sex. Yes.
1: And American women, uh, less your age, by the way, because you're what, a baby? You're the youngest of the millennials or oh, are no, you even I'm the, younger? I'm, I'm the older of the millennials. Okay. So you're a millennial and right. And, and I'm a Gen Xer. And I just think there is a little bit of difference in that, but I do think millennials owning some of their behavior is important. <laughs> and you're doing it. Right. Yes. Yes.
0: I mean also part of unfortunately the, you know, the joys and the curse of being a Capricorn rising is growing up super
1: fucking fast.
0: So a lot of the lessons. Yeah. You know
1: what? When I when I picture myself as a kid, which I did I did smoke cigarettes from like 18 to forever, but I quit. Um, but as a kid I picture myself as like a seven year old with a cigarette going, When the fuck is this shit? I, I just need to be a grown up. I was, you know, waiting to be a grown-up. Oh yeah. I I hated I hated childhood. I really couldn't stand it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. And I feel like I you know those people are like, it was the best time of my life. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking no, about? I, I
0: always wanted to be older. I um and it wasn't and it's not in one of those ways now where I'm like, Man, I really wish that I had appreciated being seven. Like, no, I really, really <laughs> I remember feeling very frustrated that nobody would take me seriously and that I was being always like, you know, pat on the
1: head, like, oh, yeah. But that's when I realized that the, the great thing about, um, because listen, growing old is a privilege, right? I had a brother who passed to 28. Not everyone gets to grow old, people. Uh, it's a privilege. Um, but I realized now that I'm this age, people had to take me seriously, actually. oh, it's Simply because of the numbers. I'm still same goofy me, but oh, now I'm an adult. You know, and um, so that's why I was like, well, yeah, I will write a book, especially on a topic I actually know a lot about. You know, I want
0: to mention though that, you know, when it comes to love stuff, I'm very, very, very excited for 2022 for you.
1: Wait, yeah, let's hear because I want to know because it is the one thing you're not supposed to tell the people the information, but she can see it in my chart. And I don't, I think I've talked about it in the book. I actually have an essay about it. Like I said, it's the, I have manifested some tremendous amazing man i mean these guys are spectacular i've got songs written about me i've got poems written about me by these artists but it isn't anything that was lasting and um or particularly compatible
0: (laughs) yeah so an interesting thing in your chart is that you have chiron and saturn conjunct this is a very powerful placement um and it's a very is that bad? It's no, it's not bad, but it's it's something to reconcile. It's something to know how to work with. You actually have a really interesting, beautiful uh, trine between your Saturn Chiron and your sun. And Chiron means there's a wounding there, right? That's right. And <laughs> it's also opposing Pluto um, and Mars. Oh, that's my pl- that's my planet. Almost Exactly. Uh, almost exact opposition between these, and what this sort of feels and looks like to me is there's a lot of um, softness that needs to be in your relationship because there's a lot that needs to be there's it needs to be safe you know it needs to be really really safe for you it needs to be safe for you to transform it needs to be safe for you to be as spiritual as you need to be it needs to be safe for you to be as strong
1: as you are even just to be in the relationship it needs to be safe because this i remember this one guy said to me like after like the second or third day he was like i know everything about you and i was like oh, as a scorpio impossible Impossible. Impossible. i was like no it was nuts to me i thought you think you know everything about me based on three dates well, and a little intimacy. No, you don't know any. It's a, it's an onion. People are onions to be on feel, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, was it was a red flag. Very That's red flag. That's actually. a really,
0: very disturbing statement. Well, it was very judgmental. It <laughs> yeah. was
1: judgmental. So I was like, oh, and that did not feel safe. No, obviously. no, no, no.
0: And it's presumptive to say something like that, you know.
1: Or it could have been designed to actually, I don't think it was. I think it was a spur of the moment thought, but it could have been designed to hurt. But here we go, people. Here's where it doesn't really matter what the other person's motivation is in situations this is another thing I've learned that when I'm doing readings or so much doesn't mean I won't do reading about someone or whatever but really don't you think we all spend so much time going well why did they worry about someone else's motivation when it's our own it's our own triggering it's our own abandonment issues it's our own stuff that that laser focus if we recouped all the time we thought about other people and placed it on our own spiritual growth, oh my God, yes. the world would be vibrating differently. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, it's also important to remember that we'll never see another perspective other than the one that we have in our own chart.
1: Well, all right. So anyway, that what,
0: 2021's a wash? No, 2021 isn't a <laughs> wash, but 2022 is going to be really phenomenal for you. I mean, 2022, we could look back to old dates to see, you know, what was going on the last time Jupiter was in Pisces. So that would have been the year huh. 2010.
1: Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Where I was not dating anyone. Here's my truth. I, I think it's really true. I rarely, if ever, get asked out Too. It's the truth. So I think I think I'm taken or out of their league or something like that. Or I don't know, you yeah. know, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Instagram ass out. Like I got guys in my DMs going, what's up? But sir or madam or whatever, but I date guys, but like, sir or madam, how about this? How are you introduce your goddamn motherfucking self instead of like when guys write, I want to take you out. I'm like, you've just shown me you're comfortable stating your own needs. How do you put yourself out there? How do you make yourself available to love? What? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is it going to knock at your door? No, no, I do get out there actually. Like before the pandemic, we, you know, I was going out. Me and my friend were marveling. We were going out a lot and we were like, we went out a lot and still. I think you're going to meet someone at a music show. Oh, I'll buy, I'll buy that for a yeah. dollar. And now that now that the pandemic's over, like all bets are off for the pandemic, right? I just had to not call that a wash. I am on a very exclusive dating app where everyone's famous or a DJ, an aging DJ who just got back from a Ibiza.
0: If it's Raya, <laughs> then they're also maybe a model photographer, which was a, a nonstop truth when I was on that app. I was like, Waiting. oh my
1: God. <laughs> Wait, I know I haven't checked it in months because I was like, you ain't going to get no, no date off that, but you yeah. are going to run into a lot of your friends on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I've been on because I went on a normal dating app and um, it wasn't for me. How's that? It yeah. was too too mas too mas. But yeah, I agree. Uh, like I said, you have to. Like I, one of my realizations was, oh, you kind of have to make it a priority. And a word that you use, which was really good, was something you said, soft. And I think it's something I said in the live I did with Mary Kay Greer that I had just been noticing, like my friends when they're with their men. They're different. Mm. They're different. And when I was younger, I used to think, what the fuck is wrong with them? Now I'm like, oh, Rachel, (laughs) they're just being soft. Mm. They're showing another side Mm -hmm. of themselves that was brought around by the love they're feeling. And so, you know, I was like, there's a softer side to a Capricorn Scorpio. We just have to unearth her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also, I look to the descendant, you know, I look to see what's going on across the way. So it's the opposite of your rising sign. It's what is what? So your rising is the ascendant and your descendant is what was setting what Zodiac sign would be on the other side of the horizon when you were born. Oh, what is that? It shows the seventh house. So it shows, you know, how you imagine other to be, you know, so it's both you as it relates to other. And then it's also kind of like what your ideal other is. What complements oh. your chart. But it's not you. It has to be you, on the other side of the horizon. In, which is Cancer. Because you're a Capricorn rising.
1: Oh, I can see that. Yeah, the six months from then. Gotcha. Exactly. So
0: it's So the energy around both having a lot of water planets. Having Chiron and Saturn conjunct in Pisces. Having a Cancer descendant. And then also having a Virgo stellium in your eighth house, like you need to be with like a healer, you know, you need to be with someone who is he- uh, like ready to not who isn't like healing, uh, like not healing for Instagram sake healing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, healing yeah, yeah. who is like really um, gone through a lot in their life is seasoned. Is no bullshit. I like
1: a grown up, by the way. I really do. Oh yeah, I, I love a grown up. I can also you much younger guys. I I should count them, but I don't. But I prefer a grown up because my humor and it's just we have so, we have more more in common. Frankly, I'm not ruling really out a younger guy, but I I don't mind a grown up. Although men my age so crabby, so crabby. I <laughs> just you know. This year, we're going to have Jupiter is
0: in Pisces right now. It's going to soon go back into Aquarius. But next year is going to be just with Jupiter in Pisces. It's just going to be a phenomenal year for art and music oh. and creativity and spirituality. And it's just I feel like there's going to be a renaissance. And I have one,
1: more, one more question for you about this chart, because I, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, I don't have any planets in like my fourth house, which would be relationships. But I have planets, a bunch of planets in the 10th house. And then no planets in or one planet in the 12th house. What does that mean exactly when there's no planets at all in a house and then a clump in another? It's
0: really actually uh, what it means when there's a clump is when it's a stellium and it's, just oh, a, con- oh, it's okay. a concentration of energy. Um, uh-huh. And the fourth house is home and family. The seventh house is relationships. And you do have Jupiter, the planet of expansion in your seventh house.
1: Something in this life.
0: So you do have something. But. To not have something in a house actually doesn't really mean much of anything. Uh, oh, it's okay. more we focus more on where things are to see where things show up. But then beyond that, everything is on an access. So even if so, let's say for you, you have a ton in your 10th house. You don't have any personal planets or any planets in your fourth house. The 10th house planets are still speaking to the fourth house because they're on that access.
1: Oh, and then the other thing I thought was interesting about being, you know, Gen X age is um, somebody brought up, well, you know, you've got another Saturn return coming. And I was like, fuck, that's true. And um, but then I looked back, I found someone who did told me when my last one was. And I was like, listen, I was that was great. That was a fabulous time in my life. If that was my Saturn return, it was amazing. So well, that's something to look forward to then. Well, that's what I was, ge- I was saying to them because they were kind of saying it. You know how some astrologers, tarot readers, whoever, esoteric workers will say in kind of a heavy way. Man. And it's almost like I couldn't tell. Are you trying to get me to come back or what? Or warn me? I don't know. Maybe it was just genuine concern, but I was like, I'm cool, man. Because also there's that Capricorn part of me that's like, it doesn't really, even if you told me it was the worst time ever, what, what the fuck can I do? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So it's all going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, you're still here. Right. Because it has to be and I'll roll with it. Like I do everything. But my first Saturn return was amazing. (laughs) Well, as a Capricorn rising, that doesn't surprise me. Well, Capricorn rising,
0: Capricorn moon. Yeah. Because Saturn's ruled by Capricorn. Uh, or vice versa. Capricorn's rolled by Saturn, but
1: oh, I will say it was very tough on me when Saturn was in Scorpio for a couple of years ago. Like I felt like that was a, ch- a challenging time, but you know, learned a lot. Yeah.
0: I mean, Saturn on your sun is a hard time. It, it was girl. Yeah. Saturn on the sun <laughs> is hard. Let's pull a card and see okay. how that relates to what, what's something that we need to know. I'm using good old fashioned rider weight right here.
1: I'm glad you're using Rider Way because, again, I love all the new decks and I love the diversity, right? But I also still love Rider Weight. And I bring this up to say I saw someone on um, Instagram is trying to cancel it. And I was like, listen, <laughs> you don't have to use it. You don't have to use it. But as far as the system that it is, I think it's a great system, right? And the same way about psychology, because half the things, that half the people I admire, I don't want to know what their goddamn thoughts on blacks or Jews was. That's the truth. Yeah. Right? Because you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I
0: saw someone trying, I saw someone trying to cancel this too for the devil and for calling it an anti Semitic. And I was
1: like, okay, I'm Jewish. R- I am. My, my, da- <laughs> my dad's Jewish. So, and I, when I did my DNA, I'm very much a Jew. And I just thought, okay, I, I understand wanting to, but just use a, a different one. Then you don't you want more inclusive? There's a million decks out there now. It does. It's not one or the other. If we keep erasing history, like yes, we don't want the Confederate statue up in the thing. If you want to put it in a museum of our shame, go right ahead. Though to never forget, right? That's what I said. And you're Jewish. You understand this. Juneteenth is a holiday now. It's the day the slaves learned. A lot of the slaves learned they were free as opposed to the actual day. And to me, it's not a celebratory thing. It is a never forget thing. Totally.
0: Yeah. I I have been very weirded out by people saying celebrated. It's like, ooh, that's that doesn't sound like the right word. Never
1: forget never forget. Just like my Jewish brothers and sisters, never forget. Right. That's what I say. Anyway, all right.
0: So Okay, so let's see. What do we need to know? What's it right, I guess Pull a card for love. We were talking about that romance love. Yeah, I think that this could be a good sort of like this could be a peak in something that is to keep in mind, something that is maybe a different perspective. Some uh, something we need to know about Rachel's love. That's what we are pulling for <laughs> right now. I always try to really communicate with the deck so that they it knows what I'm talking about, and I know what I'm talking about. So there's no misunderstandings. Okay. Do you want me to pull from pile one, pile two, or pile oh, three? I three. Beautiful.
1: Oh God, I'm stunned. I'm two or three, I'm at three. We'll go with three. Three is
0: great. I love three. Three is a great pile. <laughs> Okay, let's see. This is it. Knight of Pentacles.
1: Well, uh, what, what, how do you interpret that in terms of what we? Yes, yeah, so I, I mean, I love a Knight in Pentacles
0: for this topic. Slow moving but solid. Yeah, and also like maybe is figure. You know, I would say that this might be someone who is in the process of getting their shit together, but they are actively getting their shit together. You know, maybe this is someone who had, was divorced, right? Maybe this is what's actually just kind of intuitively coming to me right now. Someone who was divorced, someone who had like a really ugly divorce. Maybe there were like a a lot of finances. Maybe there's a fucking alimony thing that they have to deal with, whatever it is, but their knight of pentacles. They are focused. They're committed. They're steady. They're on their way up. They are, taking it seriously and they're taking their sort of like financial recovery very seriously so it's someone who has but you know I also am embedding this with what based on your chart I think you need which is someone who's you know not like a fucking virgin you know someone who's a seasoned person who's lived a full life and can actually have the conversations with you that you want to have things like you know, whose responsibility is it? Where's the onus? Like, those are really good conversations that you and a partner together are going to be able to like excite each other and be impassioned by and not feel like, oh my God, if I open up this can of worms, then this person is going to like piece the fuck out. You know what I mean? Sure. So I think that this is someone who is getting their finances together, who has the best interest Um, for really wanting to create a stable life for themselves. So this to me, the energy is someone who like might be, you know, it's definitely not a fuck boy. That's for sure. It's definitely not that. So I would say it's like focusing, it's putting your energy into places where people are going to be serious. So like if you're on Raya or whatever, for instance, like, and you get the intuitive, like this person is really just here to get laid, like there's no point of exploring it. You know, it's like, don't even waste your time. Focus on people who you know are serious and invest your energy where it counts.
1: No, so I would agree because I think I'm looking for a partner, you know, uh, at this point, like a possibility of something longer term, you know. Yeah. And fun. someone
0: who's like actually, who's not like using you to as a way of self-actualizing, but someone who actually is interested in self-actualizing together.
1: It's, this morning, I was thinking like, why do guys who don't go to me or don't talk to me drop my name to other people? And then, like, I'll hear from the other people, and it's like that. They don't even talk to me. Why are they talking about me? I think that I also
0: just intuitively um, got this, which is that I think it's somebody who doesn't know your work. I think it's someone. Yeah, I think it's someone who doesn't know like who doesn't have any preconceived notions about who you are, what your work is, you know, like what your past has been. I think it's someone who would be basically coming to you very neutrally and new and then would be like surprised by your journey and all the things you've accomplished. But that's not initially why they're interested.
1: No, that would be perfect. Because some of the guys in my DMs, I'm like, if you think me sitting at a lunch answering questions about a movie I did, in the nineties would be fun for me. It wouldn't. <laughs> No, but really like that's fun for you. It's not fun for me. Yeah. And that's why I say to some of these DM guys, like it's interesting. They don't understand that what they're saying is I want this. Right. That's it. You're not saying why I would want this. Why would Rachel be interested? You know? So I think some of the guys might even have a shot if they actually composed an email worth its salt instead right. of, I like you. I'm like, I like me too. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I specifically really don't think this is going to be someone in your DMs.
1: No, I don't. I, I don't either. But I do. I look, listen, I look through the DMs because I had a stalker and a 10 year restraining order off social media. So you go, I look through them just to make sure there's no one too kooky crawling through. And once in a while, you know, somebody young will send me an email, a lovely email and I'll, I'll answer them in there, a DM or whatever, because there's nothing like encouraging someone who's sort of coming up, you know, and, they've, and, and it's clear they, they're doing their work. So
0: one question for you, which is, how does magic show up in your
1: life? Uh, I mean, it's weird because the thought that pops in my mind is like, how doesn't it show up, to be honest? You know, I think that magic is everywhere. You know, and there's certainly days where nothing feels magical, by the way. But sometimes when everything goes wrong, like that's not not magic either, man, for everything to have gone wrong. Um, So I think it's everywhere. It's in everything. That's why I say like I would consider I call myself an artist because... There's magic in that, in creating, whether it's writing uh, or... or, uh, I like to sew old-timey clothes or creating something out of a flat 1D thing into a 3D. There's magic in thought when you have an epiphany, which is, again, for people who are scared of the tower, which I get, you know, I use that for the death of my brother in my book, but the truth is the tower can be a spiritual epiphany too. It doesn't always have to be a horrible, dramatic, terrible, no good, bad uh, ending. It can be a bolt of inspiration, which is magic in itself. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, I wish I had a you know deeper, better answer for that. But I think of magic as me. Uh, we're all magic, you know, because people will say, you know, again, back to the, are you a witch? Or what do you do? And I, I will do some kitchen witch shit sometimes. But the truth is, I don't do that much because I am the spell. I am the spell, you know? That's me. I'm not saying everyone else has to operate in the same paradigm, but I'm saying I don't. Now, I realized a while back that like it's so easy when you start something new or you want to do something, create, manifest something, to go out and run out and buy the paraphernalia of it, the, the things of it. And that's not what it's about, magic, man. You can pick a rock from your backyard and you don't need to go to the store and buy a $40 rock. Everything is imbued with magic. You have to open it up and open yourself up to it. I'm not against fine. I love crystals and things that I spend money on, by the way. I'm not knocking them. My crystal collection looks a lot like this. Right. And what I'm saying is people, Rocks. especially today, you <laughs> go, I, I need to go buy or spend money or like, or even to write a book. People will go out and say, well, I need a new laptop and I need new notebooks and I need new pen. Pay- you don't. Those are all things we're putting in our way between us and manifesting. I'm not saying you don't need paper and pencil to write. You do. Or a computer to write. But I, you understand what I'm saying? It's this thing where we go, well, I can't really do that until I have the actual crystal that they mentioned on that blog. And I have the... Wa-. You don't need all that. It's all great and it all helps. But you don't need all that. The magic is already within you. It's partially why I wanted to write the book because I think that tarot and tarot cards are a particularly uh, succinct and great way to unlock your own personal magic.
0: Yes, I I love that. It's so beautiful. It completely aligns with my practice and all of the things that I continue to emphasize because I really believe in them. You know, you deem an object magic, and it doesn't matter what that object is.
1: Yeah. You deem it magic. Right? That's why again when um you know, it's like when you get the new deck whether it's mine or anyone's doesn't matter. It isn't the deck that's magic. Yes, there's magic into that. My artist Stephanie Singleton, right, put a lot of energy and so there's the magic of creation in the images. That's magic, but doesn't matter which one. However, it's all about what you see in it and that's the magic that's the beauty and it's empowering right and it's consciousness
0: i mean and i think that that's the, yes. the secret sauce is consciousness and the more the more consciousness you bring in the more awareness the more curiosity the more compassion all of those attributes of consciousness the that Animates everything.
1: It's it's why I think I'm able to, even though I'm a Capricorn Scorpion, to apologize when I am wrong. You know, because I get that, like, oh, that's magic too, isn't it? It may be uncomfortable and feel shitty and weird to own up to something, but in in owning it and saying yes, I acknowledge this side that I am not in love with it. I'm going to shift it. That's the magic too to be able to shift. come into consciousness and then start working with your own energy. So you don't feel like you're being blown around in the wind so much.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. And that actually reminds me of the Knight of pentacles that we pulled for you. I think that, I think that's solid. Yeah. Yeah, It's
1: not being blown
0: around. Yeah. And I really, really feel like, you know, you can hold me to this that next year, 2022, when we have Jupiter on Chiron Saturn, which is going to be like April, March, April, 2022, you are absolutely either going to be in a relationship or meeting the person that you're in a relationship with at that time.
1: She said a whole nother year away. People. I did. <laughs> it's not a year. It's not a year. It's less than a year.
0: And it's worth it because these transits don't come around all that often.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. All my hor- horoscopes keep saying someone's going to come back around right now, but I don't really feel that for Scorpio. What's your take on that? I don't, we're not really looking for someone to come well, back around Well, I mean, someone either, come
0: back around. Yeah, it's Mercury fucking retrograde. Of course, everyone's oh. coming back around. But it's not necessarily... We're not trying to come back around. We're trying to go forward.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Doesn't mean it's not normal to ever feelings about the past. But I do kind of get like, oh, there's excitement in the future.
0: I would say that as we get closer to Leo season, things look... You know, there's like more openings, more portals for relationships to come through. But honestly, I I really feel like it would be even worth holding out until 2022. Like, <laughs> keep, your, keep your portals open, you know, keep meeting people, keep engaging. But Jupiter and Pisces and Jupiter connecting with Chiron and Saturn is so fucking special and so important. Oh, uh, when does that start? In April? Well, it's it started already, but then it's going to go oh, retrograde. But then okay. in December, uh, at the end of December, it's going to come back into Pisces. And then it's going to beeline, like, right for those. And it's going to be really profound. And it also right. aligns because it's in your second house of finances. And, night of, and it's kind of Taurus theme. And Night gotcha. of Pentacles is kind of Taurus theme. So, like, there's a lot that's sort of
1: synchronizing right now over that. I'll buy that for dinner. now. Here's my next question. How do I get, uh, like I, I said before, like I like grown up men, you know, my own age, but how do I get all the grandpas out of my DMs going, hey, we should go out because I'm old too. They literally say that. And I'm like, see, that is not, that is not the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have no active solutions
0: on managing a DM box. I <laughs> For me, it is it is literally just like my jaws no on the floor I know. at all times.
1: I know because they always like amuse me. Like I'm like, oh my God. And also just because we're both at certain age doesn't mean we're compatible either. That's the other <laughs> thing for some of those guys. You know, because a lot of these guys are like, I'm really useful too, like you. And then one guy was like, he went to bed, he told me that and then he like, conked out at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night. And I was like, you're not like me. I told you. <laughs> you're proof. <laughs> I'm a night owl energetic lady. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Well, you're going to have to keep me posted,
0: Rachel, keep all of us posted. But in the meantime, where can we find you and find your book? And how could we stay sort of abreast of all of the amazing things that are that you're creating and making your in your life as an artist?
1: Yeah, I'm working on um, scripts right now, true writing scripts. So just writing in general, I really enjoy because it's a brain thing.
0: Yes, air energy for you.
1: Yeah, as opposed to how I look, you know, which is what most of an acting career is. Uh, Mostly you can find me uh, Instagram. I'm at True Rachel True. That's my last name. And then my whole name, True Rachel True. And on Twitter, I'm at Rachel True. And those are are the main... I'm not on social media as much as I used to be. Those are the main places I hang out. Uh, I like to put up some little shorts in my Instagram stories, meaning I just like to do a little cinema verite of my day sometimes. And I'll put it up there. That seems to entertain people. Um, Yeah, those are the spots. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to it on my Night of Pentacles an entire year away from now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding.